Hey, hey, y'all. Welcome to Melanated Stamps. I'm so glad you found me in my corner of the little world on the internet. Today, we have a great guest, and she is going to be sharing about her cosmetic line, being a black woman entrepreneur, and also a newbie to America, which I think is so brave. Y'all, I live in China, and I've been an expat here for a little bit over two years, and it feels like 95 years. Moving to another country when you know zero things about it is is really hard so she gets all the praise and all the credit because anybody who does this oh we need extra cupcakes and hugs and love all right so without further ado i introduce to you another black girl magic All right. Welcome, everyone, to Melanated Stamps. This is Janaya Perdue, and I have an amazing guest from Houston. Um, Would you mind introducing yourself to all the people? Hi, everybody. My name is Tope, Tope Adubi Ashcroft. I'm the CEO of Kilali Cosmetics. Um, Kilali Cosmetics is a Black-owned business that believes in bridging the gap that exists. continent of Africa um, and bridging the existing gap in the beauty industry. Um, So we do this through our skincare products as well as our cosmetic products. All our products are named according to monuments in Africa, named according to landscapes, names in Africa. The goal is just to enlighten people and let them know that there are 54 African countries and all these countries are different from, from one another. Um, Our cosmetics, our skincare arm, um, has products that are grown on the African soil. All our cosmetics, um, we have 12 shades of matte lip stains. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, they're tied to Queens, Monuments. We have Nefertiti. We have Yasin Tewa from Ghana. We have um, Ayo. Ayo is a game that's played in Nigeria. We have different aspects and we try to pay tribute to all the regions in the continent um even our branding carries the long asian um, the long lost and cbd symbols and because what we're trying mm-hmm. to do is trying to preserve so we have the cbd symbols that's tied to the Igbo land in nigeria and what has happened is mm-hmm. people don't talk about it as much right and if no one talks about it it's going to fade away right so we mm-hmm. try to incorporate some of the symbols that tie back to our brand on our branding, on all our branding materials. Our lip stains carry them. People might see them and automatically just think, oh, this is such a nice symbol. But everything on our branding has a meaning. Everything ties back to the continent of Africa. So our very essence is to enlighten people about the beauty that lies within the 54, the diverse 54 African countries. Um, Let them know that there's more to Africa than what the media carries. Every time the media kind of finds a way to portray the continent as always at war or starving when that's not the case. Um, so we want to use, you know, our products, one product at a time to enlighten people and let them know that there's a whole lot more. Their beauty that lies within the continent is absolutely different from what the media is sharing. And we do this still with functional cosmetic products. So yes, we're educating people, but then all our products are functional. Our lip stains stay on for 18 hours. Um, um, body butters are moisturizing. They don't leave you drying out. You know, our black soap facial wash is effective in fighting acne. So everything is functional. Everything is thought through. Um, but yes, so that is me and my business in a nutshell. 
That is absolutely incredible. How did you get into the skincare cosmetics? Like, is this Mm -hmm. a private passion of yours that moved into business? Or did you see a niche and you're like, oh, I can make this better? Mm -hmm. So when I started Kilani Cosmetics, we launched with the 12 Shades of Matte Lip Stains. We always had it. I always had in my head that I'm going to start a skincare arm of the business, but I wasn't looking at starting it anytime soon. Then I moved to America and my skin was not having it. Mm. the first thing that started my skin wasn't having I was breaking out I was having rashes my skin was just acting up so I realized like you know it's time to have to start making stuff for myself but then Mm. when I decided to go you know out with the products was after the pandemic struck so the pandemic affected sales in the lip stain segment you know it was a new business we had launched in February 2020 it's a new business trying to penetrate and it's a new business in a saturated market so trying to get your voice heard for a new product in a market that I'm not 100% familiar with um gave us a few challenges in trying to get the publicity and the awareness that we're hoping to get because of the pandemic and people were wearing masks so not everybody wanted to start wearing lipsticks under their mask. So what I decided to do is these products are working for my skin. They've done wonders for me since I moved, since I started having the rashes um, and the breakout. So I decided to release these products. Um, and so far, um, the black soap has been the most visited part of the website since we launched in February. So I, I, I think people are taking it well in the in the market. Yeah. But yeah. Oh. Oh, congratulations. Can you Thank share you. with those folks who have not had the privilege of knowing about black soap? Like, it's a thing. Hmm. I personally, I I know, like, I'm talking to someone who's a skincare expert. I'm, I'm not. And so um, can you share with us? I, I do know the greatness of it, um, but can you share with the mm-hmm. people? Because it, it's incredible. Absolutely, it is. So a black soap is like, it's an ancient soap. It's, a, it's an ancient process even to making it. Um, and it's tied to West African parts of um, the West African region of, of Africa, of the continent of Africa. It's made out of like ashes, like cocoa pot ashes, plantain skin, all natural products. So nothing you cannot pronounce, you know. It's made up of palm kernel um, oil. So like the, from the palm tree, the oil that comes from palm trees made out of that as well. So that's what you get. That is cooked. The process is so long. That is cooked on over the fire, over firewood actually for days the whole process takes days and then they leave it for a bit yes and then they leave it under the shed and then it kind of like solidifies it also has shea butter in it and shea butter is amazing it helps moisturize the skin so um that is kept together normally when you get it's kind of like how do I, I don't want to say clay, but it's kind of like you can shape it up into a bar. It's it's not exactly hard, like the way you would get normal soap. You can scoop out of it. It could be soft, right? So what we did here with those natural products was to enhance it, or not necessarily enhance it because the soap in itself is perfect and it really helps with acne and helps with like um, skin issues overall. It's an amazing... Um, um, what's that called? It's an amazing product in itself. So what we have, what I have done for this, um, this space was to add extra oils to it, but then all natural. So coconut oil, castor oil, um, eucalyptus oil, tea tree oil, because all of that will help with 
obviously the weather as well as the skin in this part of the world in nigeria i'll just use it directly so after putting all of those together i try to put it in like a mousse bottle so that way you can pump out what you need and not necessarily scoop the black soap out so it's liquid form all you just have to do is shake it because you know natural ingredients tend to settle and then just pump out what you need two pumps one pump is enough for your face really so that's the it's all natural and yeah. the beauty of it is that it's tested you know our forefathers they used it you know this is something that is homegrown and has been proven over time so it's absolutely it helps with acne helps to boost natural growth i did mention earlier our product also has turmeric in it because you know we're trying to help people with dark spots because i i had dark spots from from the breakouts that i had and i had to try to you know take that out so the turmeric in the product helps with that as well so yeah that's that's it oh my gosh i i i've known about black soap for like well over a decade but i feel like Mm -hmm. just as soon as like i find it again and 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 i'm like just walking in a store i'm like oh i'll go and buy this no problem (laughs) but i'm also in china so there's there's no black soap oh yeah i kind of i'm gonna go yeah yes i mean it's so effective i it was it was horrible the first few months for me my skin wasn't having it at all mm-hmm. at it's all. really hard to be an expat because expat skin and expat hair is real um yes mm-hmm. because your, your body goes through all kinds of crazy stuff whenever you move to a new country yes <laughs> yes i've been in china for like a little over two years and oh. my skin has aged so so much and it's like I looked at my oh, wow. innocent picture when I first moved here. I was like, oh, I look so nice. But now. <laughs> I look like China skin. <laughs> we have China hair. Amazing. It, it looks, it, your skin looks good to me from here. From what I see, your skin looks good. I'm trying, but you know, Skype is just beautiful things. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay, I, okay, I, I drink so, water, I eat my vegetables. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so um, you mentioned that you started a business at the beginning of a pandemic. That's yes. terrifying. What that mm-hmm. journey been like for you? Not good. Well, in the beginning, it wasn't good. I, at that point, you know, I launched in February and I had plans. Of course, before I launched, I had so many plans. I listed all the events we're going to go to, all the pop-ups we're going to be at. I was had Essence mm-hmm. Festival. I had the budget aspect. Okay, this is how much we're going to pay. But if we go here, we're going to connect with this person. We're going to meet all those things canceled, went down the drain because, you know, I had to even be responsible. If those people had gone ahead and had those events, I wouldn't have gone because I had to be responsible for myself and my family. Um, so uh that that was a horrible period and then you know yeah after that by the beginning of q2 like it was just the whole period was there was a point where i was like do i need to still keep posting it was an emotional Mm. period do i need to keep do i need to i just hold off should i not say anything um and actually i stopped posting for like weeks i stopped talking on social media for like weeks because i just felt it was I just I just didn't know how to go about it, but eventually yeah. had to pick up because entrepreneurship is about resilience. Um, mm. So yes, I had to dust off from where I left up and picked up, tried to get my product, photo shoots for my product, and then pivoted to 
to skincare. So it doesn't mean like we're not still running the cosmetic arm of the business. It's just now we have the skincare arm and which means we'll have more stuff that we're going to be doing that hopefully the pandemic get, you know, dies out yeah. soon. It just means we'll have more stuff that we're going to be pushing um, in the coming months. Yes. Wow. So fun. So you have the cosmetic line, you have the skincare line. Yeah. What is your, what are you hoping to do in the far future with your business? This is so exciting. I know, right? Okay. So, um, for, for Kilali Cosmetics short term, we're hoping to get into retail stores, as many retail stores across the country as possible. Um, like I mentioned, we I launched a business in 2019 in Nigeria. So I have family running the Nigerian arm of the business um, in Nigeria. So products that are in Nigeria are being sold in Nigeria. And then here for this part of the world, the plan is getting to more, much more um, retail stores. Long-term is to be the largest Afrocentric female-owned cosmetics slash skincare line, providing wealth communities within Africa and America. I believe, I, I believe 110% in creating wealth and generating wealth because that is very important for the generations to come. Because what happens is one generation doesn't create as much wealth. The other generation has to strive even harder. So I believe in creating wealth. I believe in empowering people to also do the same. So long-term, we're hoping that through our products, through um, Kilani Skin, Kilani Cosmetics, we're able to empower even more people, even more communities to be able to generate wealth for themselves and empower their own generation as well. Wow. Who taught you about generational wealth and building it? You know, before I focused on um, entrepreneurship for myself. I used to work with Tony Illumilu Foundation. And that foundation is the biggest um, organization empowering African entrepreneurs across the 54 African countries. And while I worked there, I worked there for five years. While I worked there, I got to travel to a lot of African countries. And I got to see for myself how everybody interacts. And I got to interact with lots of entrepreneurs. I mean, every year the organization selects 1,000 entrepreneurs to empower. So I got to interact with almost all 1,000 of them every year. And I realized Mm. how much struggle, how much effort they're putting in their businesses. And I thought to myself, if this person had um, some sort of generational wealth existing at first, there would be that push for them to even thrive in their business. But what you see, mm-hmm. what you see happening within communities is people actually having to kind of like starting from the scratch, and then you're taking funding from um, organizations. I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing to do, but it would be a great thing to have an opportunity or an avenue to be empowered by your family, you know. And also, I'm a Christian. The Bible does say that you should lay up a foundation of wealth for your generation. I think it's such an mm. important thing. You know, even if we're not trying to be spiritual, I think there's lots of lessons to learn from the Bible. Lots of lessons to learn from books that have come way before us. It does say to lay up a generation, um, lay up wealth for your generation. I think it's really important. It just makes things a lot easier. You know, I can imagine if I had like $100,000 or $100 million, existing or just chilling for me before now I know how far my business would have gone you know so I think it's very important for us to be responsible for ourselves Mm. and you know from that responsibility be able to pass that wealth across it's just really important it's really really important oh that's that's Mm -hmm. great I think um you know I 
I live in China, and so the larger per- percentage of Black folks over here are Africans. So when I go mm-hmm. meet with them, um, I'm like, hi, I'm Jenea, and they're like, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm like, it's nice to meet you, it's nice to meet you, and they're like, what business mm-hmm. do you do? And I was like, uh, I'm a teacher, and they're like, why aren't you doing business? That's what you're supposed to do for generational wealth. And I'm like, God, golly, okay, I'm sorry. I don't know. They are so disappointed that I don't have my own business. Oh, no. I don't I wasn't taught this. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, every oh. single one has some sort, has 12 businesses over here. I, I do goods. I ship things. I do stuff. Oh, maybe I need to, maybe I need to do I don't. I also think people stress them. I think people stress themselves a lot with that and trying to do too many things in a bid to get generational wealth. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. You could be an entrepreneur. You could be working for an organization and still be able to drive that that generational wealth. I believe that. You know, the most important thing is that you're able to make money in your sleep, right? Once you hack that making money in your sleep strategy. I think you're good. Once you get a hack of that, I think you're you're good to be able to lay up enough, lay up enough well. I that's my thoughts about it. Someone else might think something different, but I just feel if you're able to invest in the right properties or invest in the right assets, um, then you're good. So you could be from entrepreneurship or working from somebody else or being an entrepreneur, running your own business. Either ways can get you that, but you just need to be strategic yeah. about what you're trying to achieve. I don't, I don't believe like I tell people. See, being an entrepreneur is a lot of work, and it takes it's, it's your heart. Entrepreneurship is going to mess with your mind, mess with your heart, mess with your emotions, mess with a lot of things. And I don't think people should glorify being an entrepreneur without letting people understand what it is. You kind of say, oh, entrepreneurship is really great. It's not all rosy, you know. It's a lot of tears, late nights work mm. a lot of work so if you're not cut out for entrepreneurship be an entrepreneur and just be strategic about it you can still lay up generational wealth even being an entrepreneur that is what i believe mm. it's what i think yeah oh i love it okay mm-hmm. um so you are new to america what are your thoughts yeah um, I, I moved in 2019 in November, but before then, before moving to actually leave, I, I had come to visit a bunch of times. Um, America is interesting. So in Nigeria, right, when you're not visiting, if you're really not here, you hear about America through the eyes of the media. And the media gives you controlled information. This yeah year last year has been <laughs> it's just been so eye-opening because you're like we're all and we're all the same because all this media and everybody making it look like you know it's the all is well last year made it look mm-hmm. like it was just it was completely upside down I want to believe that that's not always the case um but my experience so far has been, you know, you know how you watch um, movies of a breakout and then you know, you see Americans like, they do this, they do that, they do this, they do that, and everything is curtailed. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I'm hearing people saying, is their right? They don't want to wear a mask. And I'm like, yes, it's your right. But then you get to 
I don't even say, I'm not even laying emphasis on the fact that you're right, because I don't understand how you say you're right not to wear a mask, therefore you want to hurt other people, therefore you want other people to get killed because you have yeah. chosen not to take it or take precaution. So that mindset, that mentality was shocking mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. Um, being here, I've seen some things that I think someone who has lived here all their lives would react to, probably like react too aggressively because of the gravity of what it is um i've had experience where someone has walked up to me while they clearly see me with a shopping bag um as they are carrying the same shopping bag asking me where they can get a certain product in the store when i that happened to me i i, I was confused because i didn't expect this so i i, I was turning around like who should who's she talking to and then another black queen was like she, she ain't she sure ain't talking to you and I'm like, <laughs> you know, and and that's how that ended. But I can imagine if that lady had asked the lady who responded, she she would have had it that day. I was just so confused because I'm like, this lady can't speak to me. We're both carrying the same bags, you know. Where did the confusion come from? Um. Yes. So for for me, I don't know what to say. Most of the time, I've been at home because of the pandemic. But so I've not experienced as much. But even in the space of me going out, like to Bath and Bodies get candles, um, I I experienced that. And before the pandemic, my husband and I had gone to a club and, and some guy tapped him on the shoulder and said, can you imagine that nigga? And my, my husband just turned around and looked at him and said, this person must be drunk and just walked away. But I don't think that's, ha- I don't think that was a reaction he was expecting. He was actually expecting the fight. The club was packed. He was expecting a fight. But thankfully, he didn't get that fight. Um, so on, on if I were to, get, were to say negative sides, it would be those, all those, like, subtle things here and there negatively. It's been that. But overall, I think, um, I think the Black community is an amazing part for me. It's really interesting or... Yeah, it's really interesting and, and humbling, actually, to see the support that comes from the Black community. Um, people are very open to support your business. People are actually very open to hear and talk about your business and actually share about your yeah. business with other people. That support is really, yeah. it's it's amazing. The fact that, so one time, someone bought one of our lip stains and she didn't want to buy it at first because she just thought when I said it was 18 hours, I was joking. So she bought one. And we're doing a sale, buy one, get one free. So I guess that encouraged her to buy it. So she just bought it, went home. And a day later, she messaged me on Instagram. I said, oh my God, I love your lip stains. I'm definitely coming to look for you to get some more. So she actually came by, came with her mom and got some more. And when she got some more, she went to call somebody else and brought that person over to get some more. And I I, I see that happening a lot with every new person every new friend I make around here people are really supportive and people are very much open to trying out and listening to what you have to say people actually listen and I think that's such a good thing because you can imagine trying to talk and then everybody's like they don't want to listen to anything you have to say um so the support is amazing and I think that's that's such an essential bit of being an entrepreneur it's one thing we we always you know hope to get support is amazing and the fact that people are actually willing to share their knowledge that is mm-hmm. great like I see so many people go on Instagram live and they're sharing on, on, on clubhouse sharing tips and strategies and what has worked for their business and being open about it I think that's such a good thing 
I'm hoping this pandemic fades away as soon as possible so I can experience more. Um, but so far, um, those those have been the highlights for me and uh, not so great parts for me. I get it. You know, racism everywhere is hard. Um, I know. What is your? I'm curious about like. Mm-hmm. What has was your experience with white people in Africa? Did you see them or did you run across yes. them? Absolutely. So I used to, you know, I told you I used to work with Tony Mini Foundation and it's a huge organization, but it's a, it's a small team. But then the impact that we drive is deep. So we tend to have different people working from different parts of the of the world, actually. So, yes, I did have one of my bosses was white. I think he was from America, actually. And no, I think it was German. And the other one was from America. I didn't have any issues with them. I didn't. They were just straight up work. Let's get this done. This is the structure. This is the strategy. Let's get it done. And they were efficient. Um, so for me, working with um, white people, I've not really had any issues. Nobody has talked down at me or anything. It's always been more from a very professional point of view. And I absolutely appreciate that. Um, yeah. because that absolutely fosters, you know, a better working environment and helps people be more productive. Yeah. So working with um, white people, it's been great. I've worked with Indians as well. Indians are more, um, they are more about execution, 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 execution. So you have to, you know, turn out a lot of work. To work, 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 work. Oh, and yeah. then because I've worked with more about strategy, you know, and trying to make sure you get it together. And then when it's time to execute, focus on executing. Um, but yes, that's that's been my experience so far. I've I've not had anything to complain about necessarily. That's you know, fantastic. Oh, it's been great so far, yeah. I'm so glad. Um, mm-hmm. So you are married now. Yes, I am. Congratulations. Ooh, well, thank you. Struggle. <laughs> um, I know it's 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 a different experience altogether, but um. So my husband and I did long distance. We met in 2011, um, and then we started dating in 2016. We were just friends in the beginning, um, and then started dating in 2016, and then got married 2020 January. Um, so yes, now I'm living with somebody. <laughs> Normally in Nigeria, I was living alone, but now I'm living with a man. Um, that was really interesting. Like while we were in the relationship with the long distance and the time difference, that was a lot of work. Because mm-hmm. six, he gets to work for six. So 6 a.m. his time is 12. No, what am I saying? 6 a.m. his time is 12 p.m. my time. So mm-hmm. I'm at work when he's just getting up. So what happens is we try to find a pattern that would work for us. So when he's mm-hmm. at lunch, that's like 12 o'clock his time. That's 6 p.m. my time. That's when I'm just laying low from work. Because I'm usually at the office till 10 p.m. But by 6 p.m., I, you know, I'm able to get on my phone to talk to him while he's at lunch. So we try to find that balance to make sure we're still able to communicate. Yes, we chat through the day. But like when it's time to talk, we talk at that time or when I get back home, I might still be working till like late hours. So he's off work for like 6 p.m. That's already like 12 or 1 a.m. my time. I might still yeah. be up. So I just get on the phone with him while he drives home. Um, and then besides that, what else would we do? Um, it was pretty much that time when he's 
at lunch when he's on his way to work when I'm on my way to work there's like 1 a.m 12 a.m his time he gets on the phone and says oh how you doing are you are you up are you getting ready to work you know just a brief chat and then he goes to bed and then I go to work so um that was hard that was a lot of work because there are too many times where you just want to get back and actually see him face to face and not have to facetime um, so you could talk about how your day has been. That doesn't exactly happen. There were a few date date nights, you know. Um, most times I am hanging out with my friends and their boyfriends. So it was, oh, it was no. mm-hmm. and we hung out with the friends and their boyfriends, and I'm just like, oh yay! And when you know, um, that was that was a funny funny ride during that period. But it was it was also good because it gave us a lot of time to talk. So there was a lot of communication, getting to know each other even better. You know, we had known each other in 2011, but, you know, when you're dating someone, there's other things you want to find out um, about that individual. So, yes, that gave us um, the opportunity to talk more. And, yeah, now we're living together in the same house. It's a different dynamic. It's um, it's different things to, to consider. Um, but it's been it's been smooth so far, actually, living together. We, we don't really, aside the fact that he made me realize I never finished my cup of coffee in the morning. I don't know why. I didn't know why that was a thing I did. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that was a thing I did. Every morning he's like, so who is, who are you leaving this coffee for now? I don't, I always just leave that tiny bit. I, and he's unconscious. I just don't know. Even if it's tea, okay. I always leave that tiny bit. And then he's always telling me, you see, you left it again. But then... I didn't know I had that. So, I mean, I'm getting to even know more about myself now that I'm living with my husband. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm getting to know more about myself. And he's also getting to know more about himself because he thinks that he doesn't, he doesn't even know he's doing it. So, um, it's fun. It's fun that angle. And this pandemic has forced everybody to stay at home. Typically, we have gone to work, but now everybody's at home. So we get to spend time together, see things, you know, have more fun. It's been good so far. That is adorable. You know, I I know probably five or six people that either got married right before the pandemic or during the pandemic, and now they're at home with their new new spouse. I can't imagine. God bless all of (laughs) y'all. Because if it were me, you'd be like, so who's moving out? Me. I (laughs) would. Like, it would be so. I don't think I can do it. I don't don't Absolutely. but what we do here is yes I absolutely understand from that angle I guess we just found a way to make it work and it doesn't seem much of a bother so what happens is there are times where he works from like upstairs like a different room and I'm working from a different room right so it kind of feels like we've both gone to work except when it's time to grab something you know um so that tends to happen it's not like it's planned it just happens you know to yeah. be that someone is working in a different room and the other person is working in a different room and it could go off for like five hours mm-hmm. um so I, I maybe that 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 actually also helps to create that you know space I guess that people would need yes. for themselves yeah so I mean it just happens it's never planned I just find out that oh this person's upstairs okay cool and I just continue what I'm doing you know and then we'll Ooh. meet again later but yeah amazing oh mm-hmm. god bless y'all because thank you amen, amen. I, but yes i'm seeing you all the time and all the happiness <laughs> thank you thank you yes. thank you thank you oh man um one thing you also mentioned before we uh started the conversation at least the recorded part is um that africa is 54 countries and not yes. just 
one yeah talk about nine. that because i try to tell people and they just don't be listening yes. i don't get it i hear people say i'm going to africa and i'm like there's, there's 54 african countries and those 54 african countries have different cultures even in nigeria nigeria has different tribes and these tribes are not Similar. They have different things. Like I'm Yoruba, for instance. They have three major tribes, but there's over 100 tribes. And all these tribes, cultures are different, let alone the 54 African countries. I've been to Rwanda. Rwanda is different from Nigeria. Number one, like Rwanda, the population in Rwanda is not even as much as it is in Nigeria. So obviously their lifestyle is different from Nigeria. Um, I've been to, to Kenya as well, different. Like Kenya and Rwanda in the same regions, but different cultures, right? Yeah. So like people need to understand everything is different. Not not even Ghana. Ghana is next door to Nigeria. It's literally like an hour, an hour flight away from Nigeria. We have similar things that we do, but different. The way they place their food is not it's not the same as how we plate our food in Nigeria. Actually, it's different. They said there's Ghana jollof, there's Nigerian jollof. They taste different. I've tasted Ghana jollof. I've tasted Nigerian jollof. They're different. It's the same jollof, but they're different. Two cultures are different. If you go to Nigeria as a tourist, what you would experience is absolutely different from what you experience in a place like Ghana. So you go to Nigeria, you could get to like the the parks or like a conservative um uh what they call this conservative uh forest, I guess is what they're called. Um, like a national park, and you go there and then you experience nature. You go to the same park in Ghana, you experience nature, but it's absolutely different. You go, you go to Ghana and then you see, so if you're trying to find more about slave trade, I would say go to Ghana, not Nigeria. So you can't just say you're going to Africa. You have to know what you're looking for. If you go to yeah. somewhere like Kigali in Rwanda, you get to know about the genocide that happened in 94, right? You get to also experience the yeah. gorilla walks. Different. I've not seen a gorilla in Nigeria all my life, right? So people tend to see what the media serves them, and that's not the case. Every country is different. Uganda is different from Kenya. Mm. And they're just how many hours apart, right? Every country, Egypt, Egypt is completely different from all the countries I've been to. Completely different. They're, the pyramid, Western Africa does not have pyramids. Eastern Africa does not have pyramids. Southern Africa does not have pyramids. So if you're going as a tourist, you have to know and research and know what you're going for because every country is different. The culture is different. People behave differently. You know, and even the temperature is different. That's another thing yeah. people need to understand. It's a whole continent, a full continent with 54 African countries. Different. People need to understand. And not whenever I hear people say, oh, I'm going to Africa, I kind of, I'm like, mm. and then I hear people, I tell people I'm from Nigeria, and people say, oh, I have a Nigerian friend. Do you know? No, I don't. There's over 200 no, people. <laughs> no, I don't. It's not like we're, we live in a small community. No, I don't. I don't. I don't even know everybody on my street. No, I don't. You know, people need to understand that. It's such a massive land and people are different. Cultures are different. Even in in Rwanda, they speak Kenya Rwanda. I went to Rwanda. If you, if you don't speak English to me, I don't know what you're saying. That's a different language. If I go to Kenya, it's Swahili. Different language. If you come to Nigeria, depending on where you go, you either hear Hausa, Igbo, or Yoruba, or English. Depending on where you go. And that's just one country. So people, people need to understand that. That is different yeah. things. For instance, if I'm trying to get like the black soap I was talking about earlier, I only go to Egypt to get it. I don't source for it in Egypt because it's not 
it's not their way. They don't do that in Egypt. They will give you African black soap. It's called African black soap. That's not, it's in the Western region of Africa. So you can't go to Northern Africa hoping to get black soap in there. You know, it's not going to be the same. People need to understand yeah. that. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, what about like the perception of Africa being impoverished and always in war? I hear that one a lot too. You know, I blame the media 120% for that because, first of all, I blame the media because they're the ones who have proven or given that kind of perception. Now, in Nigeria, in the northern part of Nigeria, we've had cases with Boko Haram, a terrorist group, right? But we've not had that case in Lagos. And that's how separate, like, that's how big the country is. It's not like everybody's fighting. I've not witnessed that kind of, like, a terrorist attack in Lagos, for instance. I've not. I've not witnessed it in any of the Western um, states either. It's in the northern state. So now what the media does is they go on a honing on that northern side and they send an email to Americans and telling them that watch out for this um, country, don't go to this country, they're high terrorist attack. It's not the case. I've lived in Lagos for such a long time. I've not experienced it, you know. Um, and I've not, not, not just that, I've not experienced it. I've not heard that this, this situation happening even in our local media. On ground. So what the media does, the international media, is they now hone on that one thing that has happened, and they make it look like that's what's happening in the whole country. And that's why you would get communication that says, "Stay away from Nigeria. Stay away from the whole country with 36 different states. Stay away from the whole country because they're fighting." That's not the case. Boko Haram may have affected two states in the north, but then media boxes or bunches up the whole country mm-hmm. and say, "Don't go there for your safety." Don't be dead. This was happening, and that's not the case. It's really bad. Like, I'm not gonna take it away. Like, countries like Central African Republic, they don't have any will. It's they don't have any good. There's fights. You know, power is not residing with the government. They have rebel groups and whatnot. But like I mentioned earlier, 54 African countries. Central African Republic is just one country, right? Mm. That is having it bad. There's, that's not the case for Africa, and poverty is not the case. If you compare like the standard of living in Nigeria with America, there is a difference. But are people on the road dying from hunger or are people on the road starving? Like the pictures they put in media, skinny kids with big stomachs and happening in Nigeria. Best of my knowledge, I don't see that happening except like, I don't even see that happen because I actually have gone to like camps to because we kind of do like a CSR arm of the business where we actually go and provide food to the needy. Um, even in that case, I don't see people impoverished to that level as the media tries to portray it. So the media is guilty in that regard. And also people who go to visit different countries in Africa and the only part they show from their journey is them with orphans or them with every country has orphans. Every country has destitutes. Every country has the part of the country that isn't doing as well as the other parts of the country. And anybody can go and take pictures like that, right? That's why I still blame the media, because that's what the media hones and focuses on when it comes to Africa. And that's not the case. Individuals travel, and then they only take pictures with less privileged kids. And then that's what they're sharing. Like, that's all they share on social media. I'm like, come on. 
You can't tell me you didn't experience the food. You can't tell me you didn't experience the nightlife. You can't tell me you didn't experience, you didn't meet new people, you didn't make new friends. You can't tell me you didn't meet entrepreneurs. You can't tell me you didn't meet tech, you know, the tech arm of the, the tech sector of the organi- of um, Nigeria. You can't tell me you didn't experience the culture. So why is it that's the one thing you come out with? What is, what, is, what yeah. story are you telling? That's not the case. Yeah. You know? So, and I also feel it's because the media has portrayed it that way. When people go, people go with the mindset that they're looking for less privileged people. Even in these people's countries, they're less privileged people, right? But then you go to countries in Africa and then you take pictures with orphans and then, come on, I don't, I don't agree. I don't buy that. I just think it's, no, it's not right. It's not right. It's wrong. It's part of the reason why we try to, with our products, lecture, let them know about the beauty that lies within the continent. Because there is, there's a lot of beautiful things within the continent, a lot of beautiful cultures, a lot of amazing things to experience, you know. It hurts me when I see people portraying just the negative parts of, of the countries. Why some people will say, oh, you will ride lions and monkeys or you will ride on elephants to work. I've never seen an elephant in Nigeria before. I've never, I don't think I've seen an elephant in my whole life. The only time I was when I, I, I seen wildlife was when I went to the safari in Kenya. You had to go to, I had to go to safari, the park, to experience that. But I don't know why people... Some people still have the mindset that we're swinging from branch to branch or we're riding on an elephant to get to work. I blame the media. <laughs> I blame them. Uh, uh, thank you for clarifying for all the people. You're, you're very welcome. Um, I'm excited to do that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. Can you, uh, so you basically already answered my questions of what it's like to be Black in America, what it's like mm-hmm. to be a Black woman. Um, any other things you want to share regarding the Black in America, Black woman um, part? I would like to add that. So it was Martin Luther King Day um, recently, and I had to come up, you know, I had to do quotes for social media, you know, to honor the day. And one of the quotes that hit me even again was, our lives begin to end the day we're silent about things that matter. In, after the, the, the genocide in Rwanda, one thing that was repeated over and over again, like if you go to the memorial sites, one thing that is repeated over and over again is in the end, we will remember not the words of our enemy, but the silence of our friends. Everybody should be everybody's keeper. You cannot witness something negative happening to another human being and then be silent about it. The moment you're silent about it, you are my enemy. You have chosen the side of the oppressor. So I think it's so important that people are not silent about all the oppression, about the systematic... um, systematic racism and generally racism in itself that people are not silent about it a great case was that lady that spoke at the at bath and body when i was shopping because when the lady spoke at first i'm like this lady isn't talking and i wasn't saying it from a, you better not be talking to me i was just like is she really talking because i was looking around like oh she's talking to someone behind me and this other lady immediately spoke and said you sure ain't talking to her you know i think it was such a great thing because that kind of thing could have 
gone south. It could have been something else. It could have been another situation. And you, people need to speak up because injustice in one place is injustice to everybody. Because today it's happening to somebody that's not in your neighborhood. It's happening to someone that's not in your family. It doesn't mean tomorrow is not going to come close to you. So if you don't speak up when it's happening, how do you preserve your own family? You know, yeah. I just feel all hands have to be on deck. Everybody has to, everybody has to speak up when the oppression is happening, no matter your race. Sure. Because I don't, it's beyond me where this racism is from. It's beyond me because I, I, it's beyond me. It's beyond me. More people, more hands on deck. Everybody needs, everybody needs to speak, no matter your race. You need to speak because what is wrong is wrong. It doesn't change. It's wrong is wrong. It's bad is bad. Yeah. It's, it's bad. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Oh man, what are you reading right now or listening to? Well, I'm about to pick up No Excuses by Brian Tracy. I've read it like two times already, um, and I want to read it again. I really love it because I tend to procrastinate a lot, and that book kind of mm-hmm. puts me in check, you know. So I read it every now and then to remind myself I need to get stuff done. I need to, you know, get up and do my business. Not being an entrepreneur is not easy. You're the accountant you're the ceo you're the marketing executive you're the pr person you are the analytics person you're a social media person you're everything you know and it tends to it kind of like weighs you out at a point but you need to you know refer you need to keep going you need to be resilient about it so yes i i, I keep reading that book every now and then and after that i want to read how they started it's a book about like different big companies and how they started and the uh, it's an old book actually um how they started and um, the different um, obstructions and how they went about it, how they navigated their way through it. So I want to read that as well. So as soon as I'm done with no excuses, that's the next one I'm reading. Oh, those are some good suggestions. <laughs> and I'll definitely put them in the show notes. And absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. How can people find you, support your work, um, know what you're up to? Mm-hmm. Um, my business is um, www.kilali www.kilalicosmetics.com that's k-i-l-a-l-i cosmetics.com um the same name kilali cosmetics on social media the same across all our social media handles k-i-l-a-l-i cosmetics um on twitter instagram facebook and linkedin um people can reach out to us that way if you want to send us an email you can send it to info at kilali cosmetics.com and I, like I mentioned earlier, I'm the everything of the business. So there's nothing that goes through any of those pages that I don't get to see. Even if we have a contract staff working on it, I get to see everything. So if you're trying to reach me or buy any of our products, all those handles are affected. Yay! Oh my gosh, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. All right. this, this was fun. Oh. I had so much fun. <laughs> oh, so exciting. <laughs> okay. um, hang tight just a minute. Hey, welcome back. It's me, Dr. J, Jenea Perdue. And I'm so glad that you were able to um, enjoy and to hopefully learn from and glean from and be encouraged by our guest today. She's great. As always, I like to share a little bit of like why I'm doing this project and why I do what I do on my podcast. It's really because one, I'm bored and I'm nosy and I just love talking to cool people who do cool things. Secondly, I often think that like the 
with the dialogue that's happening right now in America, a lot of times, I would say all the time, facts and data are dehumanized and we forget that when we see statistics and when we see information on the news and newspapers and blah, 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 like people are connected to those stories. And my thing is if you realize and remember that people are connected to what you are seeing every day, you will hopefully have more empathy, passion, advocacy will just rise up within you. And so that's basically what I do. All right. As always, I will be posting her information on my website, uh, melanatedstamps.com, and also my Instagram page, at melanatedstamps, and that is M-E-L-A-N-A-T-E-D, stamps, S-T-A-M-P-S. You can see pictures of her. She has a lovely headshot that puts me to shame. And also a little bit of a bio um, and some photos to put the voice to the picture and put a picture to a name and so that you can see her as a whole person. Also, buy black, support black women, support black people. It's the least you can do in the year of 2021. Until next time, y'all have a great week. Bye-bye, friends.